What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, aka BTZ, aka Asian Ursher, aka your host. Doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Everybody, it is iPhone week. I mean, the iPhones, as of this recording, have been arriving to different people's homes, depending on the model you purchased or if you went to pick up pick it up from a store. So we're going to talk a lot about that. I'm going to give you my first impressions. I finally got my hands on it just like you all. So I'll give some kind of quick take hot takes. We've got some new developments that we've learned about them as well. And then obviously next week's show, we're going to have a special guest and we're going to do a deep dive just like everything iPhone 12 and 12 Pro review with the man, the myth, the legend, Renee Ritchie. So that that one's going to be a really fun show. So let's get into this. Remember, this show is all about you all. All you have to do to be a part of it is call in, record a voice memo on your laptop, your phone, your computer, whatever platform you're on. AppleBitsShow at gmail.com is how you do it. It's AppleBits with a Z. And you know we have calls this week that we're going to get to. Also, this show is just not possible without the support from you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support me independently. I'm so grateful for all of the support, especially during these crazy wild times. Starts at $2 per month. $5 is a cup of coffee if my content is worth that much. We got the 10 the 25 the $100 platinum Apple level. You get early access to content, benefits at different levels, and a completely ad-free version of the show. You hear no ads whatsoever. So thanks again for allowing me to do this. And uh, it's kind of been a crazy ride. And we're going to continue to keep on rolling. All right. Let's get to it. It is iPhone 12 week, launch week. And I got mine in my hands now. I did order for review both the 12 Pro and the 12, which are exactly the same size. And I'm going to talk to you about this size thing because, you know, I have the 11 Pro and it, I think out of all the phones I've had in a while, and one of the reasons why I loved it so much, it just fits perfectly in hand, the screen size, the width. But, you know, Apple decided to go a little bigger here with a 6.1-inch display for kind of their middle-tier size phone. We have the Mini coming out later, as well as the Max Pro. But what what stands out to me is, yes, this is a sleek, kind of fresh take, a modernized design, kind of a, a modernized retro from the 4 and the 5 era. And completely bare, it looks awesome. But... When you hold it in hand, because the edges and the corners are square, right? This is like a flat rectangle. It is, it's actually bulkier. It feels, not only feels, it actually is bulkier in hand for you to actually wrap your hand around it. I felt it instantly, whether it was with the case off or case on. And look, I actually have good size hands. <laughs> Why are we talking about hand size here? But when I one hand text message, at least with this new iPhone 12 Pro, my finger doesn't naturally reach and hit the far right of the keyboard for I think the character is like the letter L. And so I kind of have to, I have to really reach for it a lot more than I'm used to. And so it's not like a, an easy hit for the L. It's a reach and a stretch for the L. You can still do it, but it's subtle things like that that make it less comfortable. Now the screen looks great, but honestly, side by side, I was flicking through it. It's pretty much the same, even though it's slightly bigger. You can't, it's not, it's actually almost imperceivable to me, like how much that the screen is just that slight edge bigger than the 11 Pro. The speed feels the same. 
I'm going to have to really put the camera to the test because I've been indoors all day working on content and getting stuff out and getting stuff done. So there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. But I would say definitely if you have if you are happy with your phone right now, I, I don't know if you, you really need to make the upgrade. But if you're in a position upgrade, I think you're going to love it. But if you're an 11, 11 Pro person, I think you're going to be like, why did I do this? I'll find out what happens with the camera. I mean, I'm going to have an in-depth review coming out. I'm going to work on it through the weekend. Ideally, it'll be out sometime either Sunday or Monday. Um, But it's an iPhone. It's a solid phone. It's a great phone. I gave you all the caveats from last week when I talked to Rich about it, so I'm not going to go into those again. Um, I will say if you've seen my videos, they did at least address the charging higher pricing for T-Mobile and Sprint, whether they were charging you $30 more at every level, depending on storage capacity, just because it was on those carriers. They have now evened that out. So the mini will be $699. The 12 will be $799. They won't be $729 and $829, which was a $30 higher than before. So that Apple and the carriers squashed that. So that, so that's a good thing. But iPhone 12 Pro, it, I, I guess first impressions, it's bigger. And I don't know, it's wider. I think that's what it is. It's wider. So the grip feels different. I mean, it definitely tells me no matter what they put in that 12 Pro Max, I cannot I cannot go to a 12 Pro Max now because of just how much wider this guy feels. I don't know how it is for you. We all have different hand sizes, but I think a lot of you will agree. And then the other quick mention about if you're looking at cases, you know, I was really excited about the gold because I love gold. And the thing about that is that the gold band is just popping. But then I put on that clear case that they have and you it has that kind of circle on the back, that white marking on it for the magnet. So it kind of looks weird. But that silicon case makes this phone even wider. It's a thicker case. I'm sorry, that clear shell case makes this phone even wider to hold with the grip. Also, the buttons are really stiff. You have to push really hard just to do something casual like volume level. I instantly was turned off by that on the clear case. Uh, So the funny thing is that I have a silicon case on this right now, and it completely has eliminated me from seeing my gold band. Like the the key thing that I want to look at and the reason why I got this, that hurts. And I like I joked in my videos, you're going to, no matter what color you're going to get, this is going to throw a case on this thing. So, you know, I absolutely love the gold color, but I don't get to see it, you know. It, it 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 hurts a little bit. I love gold. I really love it. So that's just a little heads up on the clear case and silicon case. If you're debating between the two, I know you're not going to see the metal frame with a silicon case, but it just feels better. It's thinner. The other thing takeaway is that when I went to the Apple store to pick up the phones themselves because I wanted to get it in hand earlier, surprisingly, Pacific Blue didn't do much for me. It did not move me, at least on the iPhone 12 Pro. Like, it looks cool, but I was like, eh. You know the color that stuck out the most to me? The color that I get year after year? Space gray. Space gray in this form factor looks sick. It looks filthy. Pacific blue's like, eh. Gold, I love, but, you know, I'm not saying I would go back, but... If I had chosen Space Gray because I did Space Gray last year, you got to mix it up. I would be really damn happy if I chose Space Gray this year. It looks, it looks, mm, 
magnifique. All right, let's talk a little bit about MagSafe. And I talked about this in my video. My my suspicions were, look, the MagSafe charger, that puck on the back, it's nice. It's $39. Um, it may not charge as fast as a physical cable, just there's no way it, there's no way it will. But the magnet itself wasn't that strong. Now, it's strong-ish, but not super strong. And they Apple has to find this fine balance of being able to pop it off easily while still being secure. And I think it's going to be work on prog- in progress of maybe how with different types of accessories, maybe they can put more magnets on something like a car holder so that it's a little firmer. But with magnets, look, the tension or you know how it sticks together, when you try to pull it off or pop it off, it's a lot stronger connection. But, but when there's friction, like when you try and slide it off, it actually slides off really easily. And the reason why I mentioned that is the first thing I know I was thinking is like, there's no way that that wallet case accessory that they have is going to really fare too well because you put it in your pocket, your back pocket, your front pocket, you kind of slide your phone in. I think that that wallet case is going to slide off. And as I was writing my video on the interwebs, a video came out with a guy who was putting it in his pocket and yes, his jeans were skinnier than normal. So that actually resonated with me. And the wallet guy just kind of slides off and you have to kind of catch it it doesn't really go in the pocket just pushes it up and slides it off and it was exactly what i expected expected now the leather case accessories for most of us i think it's coming i pre-ordered one just to check it out um early november i believe late october early november so it's going to still be a little while but that's kind of an instant turnoff also it only holds three cards and I think it's in a way it's kind of weird that Apple would want us to do a wallet case because we have Apple Pay on the phone. We've been trying to get rid of the wallet for so long. What other than your credit cards that are on there, maybe you need one backup credit card um and your ID in most cases. So that's two. I say put those in your pocket and put your phone in another pocket. The wallet case isn't really necessary. So I thought that was a surprise. I mean, a surprise from a standpoint of I thought it would happen, but just to see it, I'm like, yeah, it's what it is what it is. Also, if you're a big pop socket fan, MagSafe compatible pop sockets, they are coming. The company has announced that, but I'm really curious of how well they'll stick to the iPhone. Uh, how solid will they put more magnets on the pop socket side? That remains to be seen. So this is, you know, they're learning this. It's a work in progress. I think it's a really, not only is it a catchy marketing thing but i think there this is opening up that huge ecosystem for more accessories i think it's exciting but it's still a work in progress and we're gonna have to see how how other companies adapt to it but that wallet case may not be the best use case for it use case for the case yeah apple also warns that the magsafe charger can leave circular imprints on leather cases because of magnets right? The tension, where the ring is, it kind of, it squishes down on it. So in an Apple support document, it actually outlines some of these things. It says, Apple users should not place credit cards, security badges, passports, or key fobs between the phone and MagSafe charger. Between the phone and MagSafe charger. Because it might damage the magnetic strips or RFID chips on those items. Okay, that's a erda. Don't sandwich your stuff between the MagSafe charger and the phone. Apple says that if an iPhone's battery gets too warm while charging with MagSafe software, 
it might limit the charging above 80%. So that's another limitation of MagSafe versus a physical cable connection. If an iPhone has both a MagSafe charger attached and a lightning cable plugged in, charging will occur via lightning only, so MagSafe gets overridden. To clean the MagSafe charger, Apple says, first disconnect the charger from power and then brush off any debris from it. Okay, yeah, we get it. Um, Apple says window cleaners, household cleaners, aerosol sprays, solvents, ammonia, abrasives, or cleaners containing hydrogen peroxide should not be used. Good to know, guys. Also, some defective Apple iPhone 12 cases are shipping without speaker holes. So don't worry about getting being early. There's actual images of them. This is not widespread, but it's happening. So there's normally like, I think, four or five little holes on the bottom of the cases next to the lightning ports for the speakers. Some of these cases manufactured and obviously a defect at the factory level don't have any holes. Now, some people will just pop those on and not realize it, quite honestly. And if your iPhone sounds quieter than normal, it's probably because you have a defective case. I touched on this a little earlier. Obviously, wireless charging will never be as fast as physical charging. Uh, Joanna Stern did a, of the Wall Street Journal did a little test for us, and Apple's MagSafe charger charges over two times slower than the wired 20-watt USB-C charger. Now, quite honestly, this is not a surprise, but sometimes it's worth reminding people that MagSafe, cool, charging... Not so cool. Slick and sleek, but not nearly as fast. I think the biggest news kind of as this iPhone is released was this cool tidbit that came out from TechCrunch. Um, A report revealed, and this most likely was information given to them directly from Apple, but the gold version of the iPhone 12 Pro apparently has a more fingerprint-resistant stainless steel frame. You heard that right. Apparently, a more fingerprint-resistant stainless steel frame. This is important if you're someone who doesn't use a case, but 99% of us use a case. Now, this was revealed and told to TechCrunch that most of the iPhone 12 Pro finishes still use a physical vapor deposition process for edge coating. This is short for PVD. But the new gold uses a special high-power impulse magnetron sputtering process, or HPIMS, or HPIMS. This process lays down the coating in a super dense pattern, allowing it to be tough and super bright with a molecular structure that mimics the stainless steel underneath, making it more durable than the standard PVD process. One side effect is that it's easy to wipe clean and takes on less fingerprints, something that, according to this report, that the blue model definitely uh, was a little more stickier when it came to fingerprints, according to TechCrunch. So, remember I talked about gold? I told you why you gotta pick gold. I love gold! Mmm, it is so sweet. That made me really happy. But then I slapped a case on it, and I realized, like I said, It doesn't really matter. Also, early iPhone 12 tests show the strength of this kind of new ceramic shield that they talked about. They broke it down and said that it makes the screen surface four times more durable or, you know, they had some kind of number that Apple threw out there. 
Well, according to tests done by YouTube channel Mobile Reviews, eh? Eh? They conducted some tests um, with the machine and basically a force meter that measures in newtons and it was pressing on the dead center or at least close to the center of the screen. So the iPhone 11, this is last year's, was able to withstand 352 newtons of force while the iPhone 12 was able to stand 442 newtons of force. So the ceramic shield of the iPhone 12 clearly showed that it outperformed the iPhone 11 glass cover. Now, this is great. I love hearing this. And still, a specific type of drop is going to crack that thing because guess what? Glass is glass. Still, though, the ceramic shield that they talked about, there is some you know, legit credibility to its strength, which is a good thing. So be happy you got the 12. Here's one reason, though, why you might not be happy that you have the 12 battery life. Now, Apple never outright showed battery specs at the keynote, if you remember this. Now, I had broken it down, and I remember, if I recall right, I'm doing this off the top of my head, uh, based on what was shown on screen, the iPhone uh I believe the iPhone 12 and the iPhone 12 Pro both had an estimate life of around 17 hours of battery life with normal use based on the equation that Apple gives. Whereas the iPhone 11 Pro from last year had a battery life of 18 hours. So, But Apple never, of course, is going to say that if the battery life drops. They didn't say it, much like they didn't talk about very specifically that optical zoom range is not optical zoom. We talked about that. I shouldn't have to go back into it, but basically the iPhone 12 Pro has a 2X optical zoom and a 4X optical zoom range. The 12 Pro Max has a 2.5X optical zoom, really a 4.5 zoom range, but they rounded it up to five. So here's the final rankings. This is done by Arun, Mr. Who's the Boss. He's a really cool guy. I've met him a couple times. Um, And he lined up iPhone 11 Pro Max, 11 Pro, a 12, a 12 Pro, a regular 11, a 10R, and an SE. So he ran a drain test. He made sure they all started at 100%. He made sure all uh, phones were at 100% battery health, right? You have that battery health indicator. I turned off mobile, just left on Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, put on the screens and ran kind of the same app on all of them. So iPhone SE 2020 came in last. This is just running, basically, think of it as like running a intense video, like a video while CPU power is going. I think it was a game. I think he played Among Us, the game. iPhone SE 2020, three hours and 59 minutes. iPhone XR, four hours and 31 minutes. iPhone 11, five hours and eight minutes. We're creeping up now to the 12 Pros and the 11 Pros. iPhone 12 Pro, 6 hours and 35 minutes. iPhone 12, 6 hours and 41 minutes. So that tells you not only are they really close, the two 12s in the middle tier this year, but it also shows how much you're not really missing between the 12 and the 12 Pro when it comes from battery life. The big difference here is really the camera. Triple lens and LiDAR on the 12 Pro and then just the dual lens on the 12. So we have six hours and 35 minutes, six hours and 41 minutes for the 12 Pro and 12. The iPhone 11 Pro came in at seven hours and 36 minutes, 
about one hour more than the 12 Pro and 12. The iPhone 11 Pro Max came in at eight hours and 29 minutes, almost two hours, roughly two hours more than the 12 Pro and the 12. So I told you earlier how it feels wider. It's just bulkier to hold. It feels different. And also the 11 Pro and the Pro Max have more battery juice than the 12 Pro and the 12. It's just right there. So another reason why you might pause and if you're an 11 Pro person, unless you just really got to have that new design, which I told you is not as comfortable to hold, you got you, you should really stick with the 11 Pro and 11 Pro Max. But I know there's upgraders out there that are just going to do it no matter what. I'm just saying. If I was a consumer today, and there have been plenty of times where I have actually skipped generations, I, I would chill out. I would chill out if I had an 11 Pro today. And I was not a tech uh, reviewer. The other thing about these new phones, in case you're one of these people, there's some people that take advantage of dual SIM mode. But what's going on right now is that it will not be enabled to support 5G right now. So if you have two lines of service on one iPhone, if one of them and you were hoping to be 5G line, that is not going to work at the moment. But they're going to do a software update later this year that will enable 5G in dual SIM mode. But right now, eh -eh, it ain't happening. All right, let's transition over to some other updates in the Apple world. This one is directly tied to the iPhone cameras because we know they can record 4K video at 60 frames per second for the 12 Pro and 12 Pro Max and 4K at 30 frames per second for the 12 Mini and 12 with Dolby Vision HDR. That is juicy. Well, Apple updated their iOS video editing app for iMovie to version 2.3 to support this for viewing, editing, and sharing high dynamic range videos from your pocket. I just, it's not the sexiest thing to talk about, but it is the sexiest thing to talk about. This is insane. So there's a lot of new kind of features with animations, customizing titles, but the big thing is viewing and editing high dynamic range content from your photos library. So that's where you can kind of tweak with some of the uh, color balance, the shadows, the highlights, if you want to play there, the saturation. And then you can bring it in, import it directly in the app on the same device, up to 4K video at 60 frames per second for the 12 and 12 Pro. Now here's also what's really cool. At least to be viewed and worked on, this isn't just the 12 Pros, right? You know, you can go back because Apple has so much processing power here. 4K at 60 frames per second for iMovie on an iOS device requires an iPod Touch 7th gen, iPhone SE 2nd gen, iPhone 7 or later, iPad 6th generation or later, iPad mini 5th gen, iPad Air 3 or later, and then the 10.5 inch iPad Pro or later. That's a lot of devices that can hang, that can hang with this. Now, if you want to edit and share videos, it's a little different, right? There's a difference between viewing and then having the CPU power to edit and share these videos. That requires iPhone SE second generation, iPhone 8 Plus, iPhone 10 or later, iPad mini fifth gen, iPad seventh generation or later, iPad Air 3 or later, and then the 10.5 inch iPad Pro or later. That's a whole bunch of devices that you can take advantage of this with. 
You also have an update to GarageBand for iOS. It has this option to start recording audio from the home screen and then incorporate it into GarageBand. There's a, a bunch of other little tweaks. There's new uh, keyboard loops and instruments like pianos and organs that they've added as well. So look, in yo pocket, iMovie edits and shares Dolby Vision 4K HDR. That's wild. We also have what's happening in the future with Apple. John Prosser is always up to either good, if you love rumors, or no good, if you're Apple. Now, he reports Apple will hold another digital event on November 17th, which is a Tuesday, basically about a month from when they announced their most recent event for the iPhone 12 family. And it'll announce the first Apple Silicon-powered Macs at this event. I am excited about this. We still don't know exactly which MacBook or MacBook Pro it might be. Will it be a 13-inch MacBook Pro? Will it be a new MacBook Air? Will it be a revived 12-inch MacBook? We don't know. There's a lot that's being thrown out there. But whatever computer is unveiled or computers, we're expecting the new A14X chip with 12 cores eight high-performance cores, and at least four energy-efficient cores has been reported by Bloomberg and others. So this will be a November event. Now, this is also where it gets a little spicy. Oh, Prosser also says, hold on to your butts for Tuesday, March 16th, 2021, because that'll be another event. That'll be the AirPod Studio event. A lot can happen from now until then, but that's what he's saying. And his dates have been on point up to this point. Going back to that November November event, he said that we will be seeing invitations passed out to media first on sometime on November the 10th. So, okay, AirPod Studio, supposedly there's been kind of like a delay in the production cycle, like a hiccup. So a few key features have been cut according to him. No specifics on that, but it's also partially for the delay. But we remember AirPods, sorry, AirTags were expected at the iPhone event. We all thought we were going to see it. We were all hoping we were going to see it. And then Apple pulled the plug in it. Well, John Prosser says it's just a matter of not if, but when Apple decides they want to release them because they're ready to roll. He says it's just up to Apple to drop them. Now, currently, according to his sources, they're scheduled to be released with iOS 14.3. Now, we are at iOS 14.1 iOS 14.2, probably coming out, maybe in the next few weeks, we'll unlock the emojis. And then we got iOS 14.3 that will supposedly unlock and contain the new features to enable AirTags, which would, if that is roughly November, would align perfectly to be at the November keynote. Now, Mark Gurman, he chimed and said, it makes no sense for Apple to put Air tags with um, a new Apple Silicon Mac, they're just completely different branches or different arms of what Apple's doing. Now, we no one really knows yet, but they, I think they should get these air tags out. These are little hot potatoes if you're talking about the holiday season. If these things are 29 bucks, two for 50, who knows what they're going to be, but they're ready to roll. And I want to see them. I want to see that kind of the U1 platform really elevated in full effect. I'm excited about that. So mark it down, 
expected November 17th to Tuesday for Apple Silicon Macs and potentially AirTags, most likely AirTags. It's a beautiful thing. Apple Music TV, have you seen this? Have you guys checked this out? If you go on your uh, music app, it's completely free. There's a new section on Apple Music. It's basically like MTV, but on your phone. 24-7 live stream of music videos, live shows, and world premieres on the Apple Music app. It's kind of cool. I mean, it's a little hit or miss because if you don't like the genre they're playing, then you're going to tune out, but it's kind of cool at the same time. It's like directly on your phone. MTV is no longer MTV. We got Apple Music TV, baby. Also in the music world, Spotify has been updated with their app and now allows home screen widgets on iOS 14. You got to run and get that. That actually happened, I believe, last week, but I don't think I told you about that. That got me excited. It works on iPhone and iPad apps. You still can't put widgets on any screen on the iPad for God knows why. But at least on the iPhone, you can put this widget anywhere your heart's desire. Also, Apple TV app, just in time for the new consoles to come out. It's coming to the PS4 and the PS5, according to an official blog post. So you'll be able to enjoy Apple TV Plus, their new service, the Apple TV channels on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. Real slick. The other thing is, I talked about this briefly, right? We know that Apple TV Plus, the service, is being extended all the way, I believe, through the end of February. So you get basically three more additional months so you can watch more shows and get sucked in. But I guess in a related content thing, in a long overdue move, Apple is upgrading iTunes Disney movie purchases to 4K HDR at no cost. See, I was getting major FOMO, even though I, here's the thing, I do own the discs, but I own all the Blu-ray discs from a long time ago, and I still like the audio fidelity better on discs, I still like the deep, inky blacks on discs versus streaming, but streaming continues to get a whole lot better, I mean, streaming is still gonna look pretty dang good on any TV, but there's things you notice if you invested in a home theater system. Anyways, the HD Disney movie collection has now been upgraded to 4K HDR. Everything from Frozen to Star Wars stuff to Toy Story stuff to Black Panther to Marvel stuff. All of that 4K HDR faux free. Faux free. Because, I don't know, for the longest time it felt like they were in the Stone Age. They only allowed you to stream them in 1080p and HD. It was like, ugh, what are you all doing? Welcome to 2020. Disney movies on Apple TV. All right, let's take a moment to jump over and hit up our phone calls. You know what to do. All you got to do is record a voice memo, applebitsshow at gmail.com. We've got five calls. We're going to hit them all. And uh, let's start off with our friend, David. Hey, Brian. It's David from San Antonio giving you the call back. Uh, it's been a little while since I've listened to the show just because, you know, with the whole coronavirus thing been stuck at home and haven't really had time to drive in the car and listen to the podcast too often uh but i just want to give you some feedback on the overall um lineup and what i feel is going on right now uh, i was kind of impressed with the overall presentation uh, i'm not looking forward to buying a home pod mini just yet um hundred dollars is still kind of steep i don't have any uh smart home stuff just yet uh, maybe if they came up with like a twenty dollar or a thirty dollar room pod 
for those who don't want amazing music in all their rooms, but still want to connect a home together, and you can maybe have like a HomePod base, uh, I'm going to go ahead and patent that now just in case. Um, uh, I am rocking the 10s Max right now, looking forward to the Pro Max. The one thing I noticed, they glazed over the, the performance uh, increases and the battery life. They didn't really talk about it a whole lot. They just kind of dropped, you know, the A14 chip and went straight on to the rest of it. Um, I'm also mad about missing the charger and the USB-C cord. Um, how is it making me buy a new, a new charger really beneficial for the environment? Uh, since I'm rocking the 10s Max, I'm still stuck with the Lightning USB. Not a big deal, um, but it sounds like they're just trying to pull a money grab. Um, also, I run a. I'm also on T-Mobile and Sprint, whatever you want to call them right now. Um, and I'm not happy about how they're glossing over the availability for 5G. If you go to the maps, it kind of just say it's available everywhere. Um, but we all know that's not really true. Uh, it's also funny how we talked over a year ago about being late to the Apple being late to 5G. And to be honest, ever since Apple showed off their, their new phones, all of a sudden 5G is a big thing again. Um, that's my take. Let me know what you think, and uh, talk to you later. Well, your take kind of aligns with my takes. I have nothing to disagree on there. I, you know, <laughs> But I think that a lot of things that you're concerned about. Look, this phone is going to be amazing if you can access 5G consistently wherever you go. Whatever those hot spots that you hang out at or... If you're just at your home or living place and you get 5G, that's arguably going to be faster than your home internet, you're going to be damn happy. But I just don't think there's going to be that many people in that perfect storm or perfect situation. All right, let's go to Jay. What's up, Brian? It's Jay. Just calling, I got a hot take. Just I think that Apple's going to move everything to USB-C next year. That means their new headphones. Even the new phones will be USB-C to USB-C, um, mainly because the first sign was the iPad Air going to USB-C. The next sign was them putting a light in the USB-C and the iPhone 12 box, which is for the normal consumer. And now they just came out with the Beats Flex. Beats usually come with a lightning connector, but they actually came with a USB-C connector and they only come with a USB-C to USB-C cable in the box. And if you notice, most headphones and other devices usually come with a USB-C to USB-A cable because normal consumers only pretty much have a USB-A power brick at home. But I think this is Apple's way of pushing people towards that. The Beats Flex are only $50. That means they're for the normal consumer. So I really think Apple's really trying to push the normal consumer over the USB-C. Just wanted to know what you think. Hot take. So hot in here. All right, Jay. You know, that's not a hot take. That's a really good take. Um, we've seen it happening. It's quite honestly happening way too late compared to what everyone else is doing. Um, I think Apple is absolutely going to eventually, they're, they're holding out as long as possible because they get licensing and royalties by having that lightning connector. If there's any product that is not going to get rid of the light, like I could literally see Apple's entire product lineup be compatible with USB-C except the iPhone. And then the big push really is this MagSafe charger allows the iPhone, that whole idea of a portless iPhone with no ports to happen. It is the first step that can allow them to get rid of the charging port one day and just be completely wirelessly charged, even if it's slower and it'll get faster over time, even a little faster. That That's their play with the iPhone. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they just 
stuck with lightning on that phone forever, especially because there's all these docking things that people use. I mean, less and less we're all going wireless anyways, but again, Apple makes money off that lightning connector, but everything else you've seen it, their MacBooks, um, I'm going to say not their HomePods, their iPads, they're all USB-C, they're ready to roll. Their Flex, those little mini kind of mini Beats headphones, those are, honestly, those are really sick. For 50 bucks, are you kidding me? Come on, man, especially for working out. So yes, they are moving things towards USB-C, but they may not be moving everything towards USB-C. All right, next up, we got Lamar. He has some comments. I let this call, it's really long, but also kind of gives you guys a little tip and insight, so I decided to roll with it. Hey, Brian. It's Lamar from the state that's high in the middle and round on both ends. That's right, Ohio. And I apologize for that joke right off the bat. But uh, (laughs) anyway, uh, I was so glad that you called out Apple uh, in that last podcast episode for that optical zoom chicanery that they tried to pass off as a 4X zoom range. I mean, I started off semi-excited about some of the early leaks about iPhone 12, you know, that there was going to be a 3X optical zoom you know, that there may be a 120 hertz display, that the notch would be reduced, that Touch ID, ID may be added in the power button, and, and nothing, not even a 3X optical zoom in that camera. I mean, I'm wondering if, if we'll ever be rid of the annual phone release cycle, especially now that more of Apple's income is coming from subscri- subscriptions. It's clear that Apple is just going through the motions right now. There, there really was no real technological reason to release another model. So, I mean, uh, you know, I hope hope, I'm kind of hoping that the yearly and the annual uh, cycle for these iPhone releases changes and and that there's something really groundbreaking when an iPhone is released. Uh, But on the positive front with Apple, um, I I was a Fitbit guy for years because of sleep tracking, but decided to uh, try out the Apple Watch Series 6 after my Fitbit started crapping out on me so happy to report that this apple watch series 6 is lasting me two full days even with sleep tracking every night as long as i turn the always on display feature off i'm getting two full days so uh, i feel like tony stark with this thing on my wrist but uh, it's awesome um so that's a power tip power user tip turn the always on display off it'll take your battery will drop 2% an hour instead of 4% an hour. That'll give you two full days with the Series 6. So, all right, Brian, take it easy. I'll talk to you later. All right, thanks for that, Lamar. You know, I'm actually really curious because Apple's sleep tracking is more of a sleep trainer, and you don't get all the crazy in-depth data, but there are third-party apps, and some are free and some are paid subscriptions that give you a lot of that in-depth data, like if you're in your light sleep cycle or deep sleep cycle or REMS. Um, so I'm I'm actually curious of how that transition has gone for you because Apple's sleep training isn't the best. It's just the truth. It's just the truth. All right, next up, we've got Jeff. Hey, Brian, it's Jeff from Connecticut. I decided to update my HomePods last night to the new firmware that came out. 14.1. When I heard that the new intercom system was released, I went home immediately after work and installed it on all three HomePods. 
sure enough, the intercom system works uh, quite well from my uh, lower level to my upstairs. However, uh, no intercom from CarPlay, unfortunately. When you hit the button on CarPlay, it does say it is currently only available on the HomePods. And I know that uh, CarPlay was a feature in the uh, keynote that you could send a message directly to your HomePods. Not working yet, but everything else seems to be working great, including the timers, the podcasts, and the series suggestions. So uh, that's my experience with the HomePod update. Went pretty smooth. With three HomePods, took about 45 minutes to get them all updated. Always nervous that they lock up, but it went pretty well. So just thought I'd share that with you. Thanks, Brian. Thank you, Jeff, for calling in. You know, um, I just kind of let the update happen in the background, and then I just test it one time, and I'm like, hey, it works. Um, it's cool. If you're someone who invested in that, you know, Google's had it for a long time, but it instantly makes that product a whole lot more useful when you can use an intercom with it. And when we talk about it being able to talk to other devices and CarPlay, well, that'll most likely come out, I'm hoping, at the same time as the HomePod Mini or at least very close to around the same time. They still got about another three or four weeks for that to happen, so we'll see. I mean, at the same time, I could see them kind of delay that on on all the devices, but hopefully it's ready to roll. But gotta love intercom it, in a weird way because I, I do have two home pods. Um it did make me want to buy one, but I'm not going to. I'm I don't need they sound amazing, but no. We'll just wait for the $99 home pod mini, be disciplined. And I'm more curious about how it actually sounds next to Amazon's new Echo Dot. That's a sphere as well, I believe Amazon's Echo Dot is $49, but it's kind of around the same size. My hunch is that Apple's is going to sound better, but I don't know this until we put them head to head, which is what we do. Okay, last call coming to us from Josh. Hey, Brian, this is Josh from Ambler, Pennsylvania. As always, love the show. I just listened to your reaction to the new iPhones, and I am in complete agreement, and I just want to emphasize that I am pissed that I have to get this massive phone to have the best camera. I, I do photography on the side. I'm kind of an amateur uh, photographer. I do Sony full frame. I do Fuji X-T4. I have actually uh, two cameras and two lens systems. But, you know, if I'm just going to have my phone on me, I want to have the best camera that I can. And I really don't want a massive phone. And I think that's a hugely bad Apple. So... Anyway, thanks for all you do. Have a good one. Yo, Josh, I'm going to give you a hug because, you know, uh, we I feel that way. But after holding the size of the 12 Pro, there's no, there's pretty much no way that I think that I would go up to Pro Max just because it feels more bulkier than I thought it would. I'm kind of bummed about it. But your hands might be different than my hands and someone else's hands and everyone's hands. Maybe I actually have really tiny hands. I don't know. I'm just looking at them right now. Are these are these tiny hands? No, they're big. They're a good size. They're they're above average size hands. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for hanging out. And we always got to show love to our Apple Bits Nation, the platinum apples that support the show at the $100 level. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frater, Jarrett Lewis, Eric Cohen, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you for all your support. And thank you to all of you. For all of your support at every level, it really is amazing. And I can only say thank 
thank you and i'm gonna keep on cranking away at all this and also it's kind of a way to say thanks to the patreon community i hit 200k subscribers on youtube and basically i did a little raffle for an apple watch se and stephen kenny was the winner who's been supporting me it was totally random number generator all that stuff but it it was a small way that I could say thanks to all of you for your great, great support. So we keep on rolling here. Next week, Renee, Richie, and I will just go deep, deep, deep into the darkness for all things iPhone 12 and 12 Pro with our kind of back and forth review. It'll always be fun to see what he has to say. We always get some great insights uh, from him. So that'll be next week's show. Unless something crazy happens, maybe I'll get a double show. Who knows? But that's going to do it for this week. Thanks so much for hanging out. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. We'll talk to you soon. Take care and be safe. Peace. Peace.